Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tennessee Titans are tied for first place in the AFC South. Two wins, albeit two nail biters, but they are at two and two, tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars of all teams atop the division. They now own a uh, a victory against the Colts, who I, I think most, if not all of us, would uh, would say are still going to be the biggest challenge to the Titans repeating as uh, division champions. So that's a uh, that's a good thing as well, but we will we will look at that and more in this episode of uh, of Believe in Titans, brought to you by Bet Online. And uh, to discuss all that, as usual, it's former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great, David. How you doing? I am wonderful, thank you. And uh, John Glennon of All Titans at SI.com. John Glennon, how are you? I am well, and you? Doing great. Thank you. And I am David Beauclair of All Titans at SI.com. And again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts and where we start i guess is at halftime because uh the titans have been a really good team in the first half continue to be not so good in the second half uh outscored john glennon correct me here 64 to 7 67 i believe it might be might even be 68 it's one it's it's, it's not pretty what, what... It is not. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go but look. But we know at that the right seven now. is accurate. It is uh, six. Yeah, sixty-four to seven okay. after halftime. Um, Denard, what what's wrong? Fix it for them. <laughs> I can't fix the third <laughs> quarter. I told you. Uh, I, I told um, G. Greg Lerner uh, did a show ESPN Chattanooga. And he said, what's going on in the, in the second half? And I said, listen, this team might have to go back to old school, Pop Warner days when your coach tell you when you when halftime, you know, you, you go, 
use the bathroom. You hit that tree over there, go behind that tree, use the bathroom, and then come right back, sit in the end zone. You drink your Gatorade right here. We're not going to go into the locker room because whatever it is that they're doing in the locker room, it's not working. So I don't know what this team needs to do to clean up the second half of a, of a ball game. Well, well talk, us, talk us through that for a minute. Like we all hear – time and time again about halftime adjustments and uh, uh you know none of us are, are in those locker rooms at halftime how much how drastic can things change during the course of uh during the course of a halftime and, and how much of a difference can that make in a game it's all about adjustments and it's also about ebbs and flows of the game um this team right now they're atrocious in the second half and at some point this is going to get them they have to clean this up and, and listen, like in the olden days, and, and I know preseason has changed. One of the things that coaches like to do in the third preseason game for a long time in the sleep, when you have four preseason game, about that third preseason game, they like for you to come out and play that third quarter in that first series. That first series of the third quarter typically tells you how you're going to play in the second half. Tennessee, they've been atrocious in the first series in the third quarter. You look at Sunday, they end up punting. That was the first time they punted all game. They didn't punt in the first half. And then when you look at defensively, that's when Indy got going. It's like the defense laps. They, it's like they take a mental break. And David and John, this game is about ebbs and flows. And regardless of what happens during the game, you got to make sure you stay on track. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. And this team, for whatever reason, it seems like in the second half, they're taking their foot off the pedal. And you can't do that because it's just it's atrocious. This is this is unacceptable for a team that is good. I mean, in the first half, they're great. Unfortunately, in the second half, they are atrocious. Yeah, it, it you know Mike Rabel has has mentioned twice now after games uh, about anticipating the other team's inju- adjustments and how they need to do better at that and and it I, I guess he's he's calling out his coordinators to a certain degree there saying you know you have to you have to you have to see what's coming you have to be ready for what's coming and you know there's not a lot of secrets in the NFL if, if you're doing something well against a particular defense you you could probably expect them to make what one of two or three at the most adjustments I would guess so I, I think there's uh you know, I, I think there's there's something worth watching there. But but you also I also wonder whether the Titans are equipped right now to adjust to teams adjustments like, I, I, you know, I, we, we talked about this wide receiver group, for example, for example, and how inexperienced they are and how inexperienced they are with quarterback Ryan Tannehill. You, you know, you go back to last year, you had you had A.J. Brown and, and Ryan Tannehill, who sort of had this this great rapport from from day one. And and you had the widely wildly experienced Julio Jones out there at times. You know, these guys have have seen it. You know, Julio has, has certainly seen it all. And uh, and you wonder you wonder how much how much you were able to adjust to what you're doing. The same thing along, you know, the offensive line where, you know, if you have Taylor Lewan and, and Ben Jones, it's one thing when, when you have Ben Jones and, and a bunch of young guys in there, you, you know, how much can you, how much can you 
recall and say, hey, remember the time we did this? Let's go back to doing that. Uh, you know, the secondary is is struggling right now. I don't think, he, you know, Mike Vrabel talked about, you know, simplifying things there. So uh, I, I think there's I think there's there's a problem right now, maybe with this team's ability to adjust to whatever adjustments the other team makes uh you know john what you know what what have you seen what are what are your thoughts on this matter yeah well, I, I thought it was interesting um you know denard you, you mentioned the ebbs and flows there and and to me i kind of thought that flow actually began uh or, or maybe the you know the the uh, the the downside of things began at the end of the first half, actually. You know, when the Titans had that final possession, you know, they, they had a chance to, to really build up a, a nice lead again there. Uh, they are up a couple touchdowns, but they had two minutes left. Um, really could have struck a, a real blow there. But instead of scoring any points, even a few little at the end of that first half, you know, they threw a pass to Traylon Burks, who doesn't get out of bounds uh, near, near the end of the half. And then Ryan Tannehill as he's feeling the pressure around him, instead of throwing that ball out of bounds, uh, saving a few seconds, he decides to scramble, and, and all of a sudden the uh, the clock runs out. So that's when kind of things started to, to go in the wrong direction. And I wonder, you know, when you're having these kind of difficulties, do you just do you, do you start thinking a little bit like, uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Then they come out, they have the first possession of the second half, and they come out on that first drive, there's a penalty on that drive, there's a sack on that drive, you know, and, and you're punting right, right away. So, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a mental situation going on where, where you're, you know, again, you, you've seen this happen before and you start to, to wonder, oh, boy, we're going down that, that wrong path again. But, you know, maybe on a, on a more um, statistical level, you know, the, the first downs, they continue to struggle on first downs in that second half. And when you're getting two or one or three yards on first down, and you're and you're winding up with those third and longs, you're really putting yourself in a in a in a real bind. So I think that's that's a big part of the problem too. Uh, and then maybe one last thing that you know in that first half they had really good field position most of the time. Defense set them uh, set the offense up with a couple of turnovers. They were in good shape. Uh, in the second half. I think they only started possession above their own 25 one time. So you tend to be a little bit more cautious in, in that neck of the woods. And when you're more cautious, as I say, you, you end up with those one or two yard runs on first down. You're in bad shape on third downs and things just start going from, from bad to worst in the second half. Did Denard, you said, you said this, uh, this is, this is going to bite them at some point. I mean, this is so, I mean, this this is not just a weird statistical thing. This this is definitely something that fans, cer- certainly coaches and players, I mean, everybody should be concerned about this, yes? Yes, well, look at it. I mean, three series, their first three, scare- three series, there's three scores. There are two touchdowns and a field goal. And then you come back right before half when the offense, when they lined up in our formation, when they went up 24 to three, was a great run by Derek. Unfortunately, that, Touchdown was negated by a holding call. But, again, great play by Ron hitting Chig. What a great game. The young player, the young rookie showed out uh, Sunday. Congratulations. But they're up 24-3 in a little under two minutes. You know, you would think that that's when the animal, that's when the great defenses, they rise they rise to the occasion. This team, what for whatever, for whatever reason, going into halftime, 24-3, it's like they started getting soft. You saw, you saw where – 
um, Mo Alley Cox. Um, he just looked like they had no answer for the play of the tight end. He was finding a soft spot of those zones. That's really where you have to tighten everything up. And they did the complete opposite. So if this is going to be a great defense, and we know that they struggle in man-to-man, so it looked like this game they played a lot of zone, they're going to have to find a way to tighten the middle of the field up or they're going to get exposed. You can't have that. And so it just trickles down. So you're talking about instead of going in halftime 24-3, it's 24-10. Then they come out in the second half and things got worse. I mean, you think about it, like John alluded to the fact that they took a sack, they couldn't convert on third and eight, but then you look at the defense. I mean, you go from 24-3, I mean, 24-10 at halftime, it's 24-17 in the span of, what, a few minutes because in the second half, Indy gets the ball back, they score. So, again, it's like a trickle-down effect. They got to find a way to figure this out because, look, at John and David, look in, the, look in the second half. How many punts they have? Four. Four punts. You can't win like that in this league. You look at the game against Las Vegas last week. They outscored Vegas, what, 24-10 at halftime? They got us – Vegas comes back in the second half. It's it's a problem. If they don't address this, it's going to come back. It's going to bite them. Yeah, and, and let's let's be clear. They you know they don't ask how you won, right? They ask if you won. And and the Titans did win this game just like they won last week against the Raiders. But I but I feel like you know good teams find ways to win. Really good teams win comfortably. And and you go back to last season. This team led by ten or more at halftime. Seven times last season, they went six and one in those games. Those six wins were by an average of 18 points. So if they were if they were up by 10 at halftime, you could almost bank on the fact that they're cruising through the second half. And that is uh, that that is not the case this year. And uh, it, at least not yet. We'll see if they yeah. uh, see if they can get that sorted out. Yeah, I was, was going to point out, too, you know, guys were talking about it, it could come back to bite them. Well, we know it already has bit them, right, in in the first game against yeah. the Giants. You know, they, they had the lead and, and, and kind of, you know, I think they were up, what, 20 to 7 at the half mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of fell apart there in the second half and, and wind up losing to the to the Giants. But, you know, there, there's also the whole idea of, you know, they, they talk a lot about playing complementary football. Well, what they're doing in the second half, I mean, I guess you can only describe it as kind of uncomplementary football um, you know, be, because the, the Titans offense is possessing the ball so little uh, and, and for so little time that it that it's causing the defense to be on the field that much longer. Uh, the defense is, is wearing down um, and, and you become reliant on, on just, you know, the defense making a big a big play here or there uh, in, in order to come up with a win. You know, and, and the Giants game, they did not come up with that big play. In the Raiders game, they did, you know, with uh, knocking away the other uh, two-point conversion try. And against the Colts, they came away with three big plays in those last three drives for the Colts. But you're not going to be able to do that uh, every week. All right, on to happier notes. While, while we've, we're talking to you, John, uh, Denard just referenced Chigakonkwo and uh, and the game he had. Not, not huge numbers, but important numbers. Three catches for 38 yards. Um his his numbers on the season right now almost identical to the veteran Austin Hooper, but it feels like does it not that one of these guys is is on the rise, going in the right direction, and the other guy's just lost in the weeds somewhere? Would you agree with that? 
I, I completely agree, you know, and, and like you say, you know, they weren't huge numbers for Chig, but what I thought was, was interesting too was just the fact that he was out there in some of the situations that he was, to me, is a pretty good indication of, of the trust and the confidence that this coaching staff is, is starting to show in Chigo Conquo. Uh, you know, in, the, in that goal line situation, I, I think it was, what, second and eight, second and seven, uh, whatever it was. Uh, you know, and, and, and he's out there. He's, uh, that was one of his, uh, 13 snaps that he played yesterday. And of course, even bigger, you know, in that game clinching situation at the end where the Titans desperately got to have that first down. Maybe you could say, you know, the, the, the biggest play of the game, uh, Chigo Conquo is not only in the game, but a central factor, uh, you know, and David, as you, as you pointed out in your in your story on our, our website today, you know, they lined him up in the backfield. They faked the ball to Derrick Henry, threw the ball to Chico Conquo, uh, catches the pass, gets the first down, game is sealed. So the fact that he is out there in some very key situations, uh, very, very meaningful to me. He, is, he has earned the trust of Ryan Tannehill. He has earned the, the trust of the coaches too. And, yeah, on the other side of that coin, Austin Hooper is a guy I, I thought before the season, this this might be, you know, 50 catches for, for Austin Hooper. You know, this is a guy who was, uh, you know, twice in the Pro Bowl while he was with uh, Anna, you know, lesser catches last two years in Cleveland. But I figured, you know, this was a prime opportunity for Austin Hooper. And instead, what we have seen just in terms of getting on the field, 40 snaps in the first game, then it's gone down. It's gone 28. 24, just 20 snaps in in, the, in game uh, four there against the Colts. And and again, I, I think it's the reverse. You know, he's losing the, the trust of the coaches. And, and one of the reasons you look at his blocking, we know how important blocking, uh, especially run blocking is for tight ends in, in this offense. Uh, and, and I don't think that's been um, a strength, certainly, of Austin Hooper so far. You look at his uh, pro football focus grade, run blocking, 41.1 through four games right now. That's that's not good, uh, not good at all. And and I think he's having trouble getting on the field. And when he has been on the field, I think he's had trouble finding separation. So um, one of the more disappointing notes, uh, certainly for the Titans so far, is, is Austin Hooper. But on the other side, as we mentioned, Chig appears to be on the rise, and that's a very good, uh, very good sign. And Denard, you, you know full well when uh... – you know, this this is a merit-based business largely. Whoever's playing the best is is gonna be on the field. As you look at this, is it are you more excited about what you're seeing from Chigo Conquo or more disappointed in what you're not seeing from Austin Hooper? Well, I'm not disappointed in Austin because he had some key catches last week. And you know, they implemented the way they implemented Chig, it, I think it confused Indy's defense because they lined him up in the backfield. And if I was Indy, I would have said alert, <laughs> something's <laughs> up. Because on the first one in the first half, when you see big number 85, he's offset. You're thinking, okay, this something's wrong here because we haven't seen uh, the big man in the backfield all season. So again, creative play calling for Todd. Down. I mean, that was awesome. Because and, that, can, and that's t- that's one of those plays probably designed for Chig. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's right. that's not okay. We're you know, every tight end take a turn doing this right. in practice. I mean, that's specifically for that guy and his skill set. Yeah, right? that's what the safety thought. He was a decoy. You know, it's going to go to Derek and you on the film. The safety was flat footed because he said there's no way. Probably watching a game against the Giants on the end around that he's going to outrun me. <laughs> and then just Chig just runs right past him and makes a great catch. 
But to come back on a third and four, game is on the line, and they put him at tailback. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Todd Downing is trying to get fired. He's trying to get out of Nashville. Something's going on. Somebody knows something on him. But then he fakes the ball to Derek. I'm thinking the ball, again, you're talking about a pivotal time in the game, not crunch time, and you're going to go to a rookie as opposed to going to arguably the best player on your team, probably the best player in the league. I thought Todd Downing was crazy. But, again, Indy was thinking what I was thinking, okay? And then the fake to Derek. And then you run Chig outside, and I mean the presence it confused Indy. So great play calling, but the rookie, I mean, hey, great job. And yeah, I mean that's the way it is. If you're productive in this league, David, it's all about when you step uh, in those lines, when you step between those lines, how productive are you? And if Chig gives this team more versatility, and I mean, like you can line him up different places on the field, and if that causes confusion for the, the defense then, yeah, I see them implementing him more and more as the season goes. It's interesting. You know, three catches for 38 yards, as we said, not not huge numbers, but the, uh, you know, the 23-yard catch he had, which is which is first one, was the longest gain for the Titans offense in that game. The, the eight-yard touchdown catch turned out to be the game-winning points. And then, as you pointed out, that you know the third down catch there at the end of the game that that allowed Ryan Tannehill to to do the kneel down, you know, seal it. Those are those are those are big those are big yards in in big moments for this team. And uh, you know, for on the Austin Hooper front, we'll say this at least: four games into the season, Titans have had a different leader in receiving yards every game. It was. It was Kyle Phillips in week one, Traylon Burks in week two, Robert Woods in week three, Chigakonkwo in week four. So there's there's nothing to say that it can't be Austin Hooper in week five or week seven or, or something like that. It, it, you know, but he has to he has to show that that he's ready, I guess, when uh, when that time comes. And it, it's it's sort of similar to last year. The Titans actually last year had a different leader in receiving yards believe it or not, for each of the first six weeks. A.J. Brown finally led the team in receiving yards for the first time in week six, and beginning with that game, led the team for six of the last 12 weeks. And and keep in mind, he was on injured reserve for three of those games. So actually six of nine after that, you know, A.J. sort of was doing what A.J. did. With no A.J., I, I think this sort of this sort of rotation is likely to continue in some way, shape or form. The fact that, that it's three rookies in four weeks is, is interesting to me. And, uh, you know, speaks, uh, speaks well, I guess, for what Malik Willis is going to inherit in this passing game in, in future seasons. But, uh, but, but Chigo Conquo is, is, is the man who I guess gets a, uh, gets a gold star this week. So uh, I was, was going to, yeah, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, just just real quick on 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 Austin Hooper, and we mentioned the kind of the, uh, you know, the fact that he seems to be kind of fading there, and and you know, just looking at the pace he's on right now, like I said, I, I had I had thought realistically yeah. maybe 40, 50 catches for for Austin Hooper as he's kind of going to be the number one tight end right now after after four games, very early, obviously, but still right now he's on pace for 21 catches this season for 204 yards. That that is not the the kind of expectations uh, I don't think that Austin Hooper had, and, and I don't think the uh, certainly the the Titans had either. So I'm curious as to whether uh, again I, I, whether that's run blocking, uh, you know I'm sure that plays a big role, um, or or whether it's more separation in terms of the passing game. But whatever it is, 
you know, the, the snaps are going down each week. So uh, he'll, he'll certainly be one to watch here going forward. But, but we watched, we watched practice after practice yeah. in training yeah. camp and Ryan Tannehill found Austin Hooper. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows who Austin Hooper is. He knows where he is on the field. We saw it, you know, it, this wasn't, this wasn't, you know, like you're saying, you thought 50 catches or more. That, that wasn't just a number you pulled out of midair. I mean, that was, that was, you know, you saw these guys have a yeah. connection in uh, in training camp, which is which is why I guess we can say he, he's not a lost cause at this point. But uh, but he he certainly does seem to be lost in the shuffle right now, and we'll see uh, see if he can find his way out. You, you you say, John, it's early, but four games is a you know it's almost it's basically a quarter of the season here. It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a reasonable sample size. Let's uh, let's take a moment. Let's let's grade the offense grade the defense what what we've seen from them i'll start with you john uh, grades for the offense and defense at this point what do you think you know offense it's it's funny as we talked about earlier you, you know you could give completely separate grades on the offense in the first half and the offense in the <laughs> second half um unfortunately you know first half you might give them a b or a b plus second half it's an f um so you know with seven points in in, in four games but uh, obviously, you have to find a middle ground there. So I'm going to go right now with about a C minus uh, on this offense. You know, the overall they're averaging. I think it's it's you know 19 points a game or just under 19 points a game. They're going to need to pump that up to to compete with some of the the uh, the higher octane teams that they're going to go up against later in the in the season. Um, you know, they haven't scored more than than 24 points yet this season uh, as well. On the plus side, you know, we talked about Chig. We, we talked about Derrick Henry does appear to be rounding into form. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill taking care of the ball pretty well. So some good signs. But overall, you know, as I say, C-minus there that we need to see some some better things, especially in the second half. Uh, flip over to the other side of the ball. I'm going with a flat C, I think, for the uh, for the defense. Uh, you know, if, if you – Throw out the Buffalo game, which of course you can't. Um, but the other three games, they've they've held opponents to 22 points or below. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from the pass rush. Um, you know, even without Harold Landry, uh, you know, even without much of Bud Dupree so far, I think the pass rush is is getting home uh, pretty well. What they need to work on, in my mind, uh, certainly are the big plays. You know, when we saw more of those against the Colts as well, six plays allowed of 20-plus yards uh, against the Colts. So there needs to be some improvement there. And then maybe that just sort of speaks to the bigger picture of of coverage in general, uh, you know, has not been as good as I thought it would be for this team. Um, you know, part of that, Christian Fulton was injured at least for for one uh, full game. And also, you know, as we've talked about many times here on this podcast, Caleb Farley uh, is, is not where he needs to be, is not where he should be um, in, in terms of the learning curve. So I'll go C minus offense, C on defense after after four games. And that, that kind of equates to about a two and two record, I think. <laughs> Denard Walker, put on your professor's cap. Let's uh, let, let's let's see you grade these these units. Offensively, the last two games, they scored 48 points in the first half. That's phenomenal. The second half, it's like, okay, it's the tale of two halves. They're terrible. Absolutely. This is the second straight week this team, they haven't scored a point in the second half. That's unacceptable for this offense. So 
I'm like, I'm like John, I'll give them like one grade. Uh, and then I'm going to, I'm going to combine those grades. So I'm going to give them an A uh, for this game, but then I'm going to give them in the second half four punts. And it took you to make a third and four at the end, just to convert to go ahead and win the game. So I'm going to give them an A and an F. F is in the second half. So you combine those. I'm C minus also. Defensively, they're still giving up too many explosive plays. We saw the play against Caleb. Caleb got turned around. He had great coverage. He's just, you know, you got to make a play on that ball. And Alex Pierce, give it up. He's a little young stud. He's going to be good. Again, they're too soft in the zone. They have to find a way to tighten up that zone. Teams are just absolutely they're killing them right now. I hate to say that word, but they're getting torched in the zone. And there's ways that you can tighten it up. You may have to allow your defense, your, your linebackers need to maybe get more depth. I don't know. They got to find a way to tighten up that zone if they're going to play zone uh, the rest of this year because we know man-to-man right now they can't hold up. Defensive, they make a play when it counts. Now, when adversity hits this team, like last week against Las Vegas, six times Las Vegas was in the red zone. They came away with three field goals, two touchdowns, and a failed two-point conversion. So you like that because they state, you know what this uh, defense will do when it's time to roster the when when it's time to roster the occasion, they they step up. But again, it's like they take their foot off the pedal. So again, in the second half, I don't like they're giving up too many points. I mean, Vegas. What do they get? Uh, 12 was it 12 points in the second half. And then you look at this week, it's just like, okay, this is unacceptable. And it took a big play by Danico Autry who hunted his old team for this defense to make a play. So again, they get a, I'll give them a D. So wow. that combines two C's. Uh, Cause I know they can play better. This is a, this is a good team. You got too many uh, pieces uh, to be a great defense. And we talked about that all uh, off season in our podcast that this defense has a chance to be one of the best defenses in Titans history, but we haven't seen that yet. So when are we going to see the real Titans defense and offense put four quarters together until then I'll continue to stay with the D and the F and I'll give them, like I said, I'll give them an A or B in the first, uh, first quarter. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I'd like to create some drama here, to, but you know, I think a C for the defense, I'll start there because I, I think, I think there have been some really good moments. the The front seven has has been has been spectacular at times. Both safeties have an interception. Uh, you know, there, there's there's things to like there, but but overall, the the play of that unit I don't think has been as good as the sum of the parts. And uh, it, it feels like there's there's a lot more that this team, you know, that, that, that unit can, can deliver at this point. And they, they do have to get the, uh, they do have to get the coverage issues sorted out. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Caleb Farley can learn enough this year to, to take care of that, but they're, you know, they're going to need to, they're going to need to put, keep putting him out there and, and need, need him to, to make some plays at some point. I'm a little more forgiving on the offense. And I, and I guess maybe, because I'm grading on a curve, I, I I had C plus in my mind for the offense, just because I think, in, in a way, they've been a little better than I expected. I, you know, I, I don't think the offensive line is as good as it was last year, but they're not giving up sacks the way we saw. There, you know, there were all the questions about the uh, about the receiver group, and as I said, everybody's everybody's contributing a, a little bit at some point, and. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, you know Derrick Henry is is 
looking more and more like Derrick Henry. In fact, uh, this is uh, this is an interesting note that I think people will be excited about. If you look at uh, Derrick Henry's rushing numbers right now, 76 carries for 306 yards and three touchdowns, compare those to where he was after week four in 2019 and 2020. In 2019, it was 78 for 310 and three touchdowns. In 2020, it was 82 for 319 and two touchdowns. So he is kind of right where he was after week four, in the two years that he led the league in uh, in in rushing, and he's you know it's it's far fewer carries, it's it's almost forty fewer carries than he had at this time last year. So they are being more economical with him, and uh, and his his four point zero yards per carry is also right in line with what he was doing in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So I think uh, I, I think there's I think there's a little more to like about the offense overall in, in terms of of how it's fitting together and what the expectations were versus the defense so so that's why I will uh I will give them a C plus but uh but there, there's no question I think we're all in agreement that uh room for improvement all around uh, you know two and two not great but but I guess it could be worse at this point as they go into week 5 another road game this one at Washington a, a Washington team that that doesn't look particularly good right now Titans have their break on the other side of that so uh D- Denard Walker I'll ask you this are players is there is there a uh, do they have to guard against looking ahead to that? How much do they look forward to that off week? And, and, and is this a dangerous game for the Titans in, in that respect? Every game is dangerous. There's no disparity in the national football league. Look at the game last year in New York when they played the jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is something that, there you go right there. Or look the year before when they played Cincinnati, who was one four and one, there is no disparity. Don't look, don't, Bypass this game, remember, because you're going into Washington. I know this team is one and three. They're struggling. They're trying to find their identity. But what you don't want to do is to let them get on track and to let them get on track early. So, again, you have to go in there with the same mindset as you did against Indy. Let's, you know, have a sense of urgency. It's the most important game of the season. Why? Because it's the next game. John Glennon, what what uh, what do you sort of see coming down the road this week? What uh, what what's what's your biggest concern or your biggest uh, biggest reason for optimism going into this one? Yeah, I, I do see a bad team coming down the road <laughs> in terms of the Commanders. That's that's what I see. Um, you know, yeah, the three losses in a row. Um, you know, I think they've scored a combined eighteen points the last two games. Carson Wentz. This is an interesting double for for Carson Wentz, Washington's quarterback. Uh, leads the league in, in both interceptions, five, and number of times sacked, 17. That's, that's quite a combination there for Carson. Um, so, and, and I think also one other little note, their, their good rookie receiver, uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, looks like he's going to be missing the game with, uh, with a hamstring injury too. So there's plenty of reasons, uh, you know, that the Titans could, you know, say, okay, you know, this is, this is one that, that, uh, you know, we should, we should win fairly easily. But if you're the Titans, you you have to remember how narrow your margin of victory has been, you know, the last couple of weeks, how narrow the margin of of three of the four games have been. Um, I I think you need to keep that in mind. 
Uh, I think you also need to keep in mind the fact that you've given up a lot of big plays this year, and you've got a guy, Terry McLaurin, on the other team that's averaging 18 yards a catch this year, a uh, really talented receiver. So those are a couple of things I'm sure that, that Mike Brable will hammer away at uh, this week and, and try to keep the Titans uh, online instead of, uh, you know, floating towards the, the bye week. Yeah, and the the one thing that's interesting to me, you, you look at the scores, you look at the record and everything, but but Washington has been really good on mm-hmm. third down. Offensively, they've converted forty four percent of the time. Defensively, they've they've allowed opponents to convert thirty one percent of the time. It's uh, it, that's a real oddity to me in terms of their record, and uh, and it, and that's a potential problem spot. I you know it. it Feels like a lot of games in the NFL are won or lost on third down, and uh, and if if Washington can be that much better than the Titans on third down, it it could uh, it could turn into a long day. But I I I I tend to doubt that'll happen. But I can't say, you know, based on everything we've discussed here in this last half hour or so, that that any of us really know what this Titans team is or what you can, what you can really expect from them right now. So we will, we will watch along with the rest of you and uh, we will be back next week to discuss it all until then. Thank you as always for, uh, for downloading and listening. Be sure to tell your friends and, and fellow fans for John Glennon, for Denard Walker. I'm David Beauclair. This is the believe in Titans podcast brought to you by bet online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.